Welcome to Transformative Talk. Each episode is hosted by a different graduate student in Dr. Haddad's courses at the University of Texas in San Antonio. Join us today as we explore how educators can use critical social theories to transform themselves and their classrooms. Educators can get real and share real-life experiences, near misses, and big little wins. This is Derek Forrest and Stacy Johnson, your hosts for this episode of Transformative Talk. In this episode, we're going to talk about teacher preparation, what works and what doesn't. So to start with, we're going to discuss a little bit about our own uh, teacher preparation uh, experiences. Um, I went to UTSA's teacher prep program. Um, my degree is history with concentration in social studies. I felt that it was uh, good preparation. Uh, the education courses that I taught or that I took were, I believe, very valuable to me. As much as I had some practical experience teaching from the military, um, I didn't have any background in the theory or uh, anything about how people learn or anything like that. So I felt that that was very important for me as a teacher. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I have a little bit of a similar experience. Um, um, I went to the University of Pittsburgh um, in the Dark Ages, <laughs> and um, I actually had a, a dual major in um, business and uh, Spanish language and culture, and um, it was because of a request for me to tutor some uh, kids in math um, in one of the programs with the University of Pittsburgh that I, I realized a kind of a calling and that I wanted to teach. At the time, um, unlike today where we have the emergency certification programs, um, they didn't have anything like that and they had just developed what they called the MAT, the Master's of Art in, in Teaching, and that was for people who had worked in their specialty area for a while or had uh, completed their bachelor's degree in, a, in another area. So we had folks of all ages um, who had decided suddenly now they want to teach. And so um, the, the MAT program was designed to um, give you all of that content, all of your, your, your pedagogy, your methodology, all of that uh, to learn how to teach while you were doing a full internship. So you actually had to teach the entire year while you were learning to be a teacher and that you were under a master teacher. Um, and you got paid a stipend uh, for that teaching while you did that. And then at the end of the, it, it was a 14 month program, at the end of the 14 months, then you could sit for your certification. Um, and so that was my experience. And like you, I felt like it was a wonderful preparation. Um, we did a lot of, um, uh, I'll say, uh, practical activity. Um, that that year of, of actually having to have my own classroom, you, they started you off immediately. You had your own classroom. There was no observation time. You had a master teacher in there if you needed help. Um, but they gave you the summer uh, prior to kind of learn the basics of teaching, and then you jumped in there and you had all of this support, both from the master teacher and then also from the university. You'd have somebody watching over you. And um, I felt like the combination of having the coursework in the evening and having that full day 
to, to work on learning to be a teacher of my subject matter um, was, was very, very helpful. And I, I credit the university's program to my even lasting in my career. Okay, uh, so let's talk about this. There's much discussion today about educational reform and how to go about it. And there's plenty of talk about teacher and school accountability and what I think is the somewhat ridiculous notion that student accountability uh, can be measured by test scores alone. But a key piece of education that, that we, I guess, think is not being given enough attention is teacher preparation. So I first want to read a quote from uh, Linda Darling Hammond in the article, How Teacher Education Matters. One approach would replace university-based preparation with on-the-job training that focuses on the pragmatics of teaching, whereas the other would expand professional training to prepare teachers for more adaptive, knowledge-based practice, while simultaneously tackling the redesign of schools and teaching. Which of these routes holds the most promise? What are the implications for teachers' capacities? And most important, for the education of children. See, I think this last question is the the question that we as a society really should be asking which one of these avenues for teacher preparation is best for kids which one um, enables kids to be more successful to whether we measure that on standardized test scores regular test scores how they do after they graduate whatever it is which one of these methods is the best method for students i personally think and I really always have that, that uh, theoretical background, at least, on how uh, people learn, uh, development of the brain, mm -hmm. all that kind of thing. Uh, a lot of the uh, different educational learning theories are really important to understand. Mm -hmm. Me, personally, not because I think one is necessarily better than another, and I definitely don't believe that one is the way to teach everybody, mm -hmm. but because everybody learns a little bit differently, understanding all of those different theories gives a teacher way more tools to use mm -hmm. when they're teaching. You know, if you teach and there's three students that aren't getting it the way you're explaining it, then you have to find another way to explain it. And sometimes understanding perhaps why they're not getting it will help you understand a different way to explain it so that maybe they could mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah no I, I agree with you um, and and I'm, I'm, I'm glad that the the focus really is on the student because we, we hate to just kind of bypass the the you know the the teacher and go directly to the student but that's the that's the whole purpose of, of teacher education is to a full form mold an effective teacher for the sake of the students because the students are, are after all the recipient of, of all of our efforts. What we give that teacher candidate, that pre-service teacher, they then take into that classroom and there's just there's kind of a, a direct transfer uh, you know, to the of, student. Absolutely, directly to the student. And so uh, I, I wholeheartedly agree with you that our focus needs to be on what are the needs of the student. And then you start there and then you back that up into the teacher so that the teacher is taking care um, you know, of, of, of the, the student needs. And, and absolutely considering what we're dealing with when we talk about the achievement gap um, that, that persists you know, in spite of our efforts, 
um, you know, it is important to um, make a, a multi-dimensional effort to give the students what the students need so that they can uh, form, um, be empowered, they have a, um, a sense of, um, of agency, of uh, self-respect and confidence, um, and are fully prepared to go out into the world and be you know our, our next generation of leaders and and that's that is in my mind that is really what we are building is we are building the you know it's, it sounds cliche but <laughs> but I, I, I but some of them it. have to be right exactly. the leaders are going to come from somewhere they, and they have to be and they're coming through you know, our pipeline yeah yeah whether so, it's whether it's a class that you or I are teaching or right. some other teacher exactly they are going through mm -hmm. most of the time mm -hmm. one of our public schools absolutely so, um, and even, you know, we talk, uh, and, and this will bring in something we're going to talk about later, but, um, you know, when we talk about public school now, it's not just our old imagination of what public school was, you know, it was kind of public, pu private, parochial. Now we have public, public charter, <laughs> yeah. private, so we have to deal with the, the you know, the, what, the wave that school choice has now brought us, and so now we're not just dealing with uh, traditional public education we're also dealing with um, what's happening in the public charters um, so I also agree with the idea that we need our teachers to be subject matter experts I Definitely. yeah I mean even I am an advocate for even at the elementary level um, specializing teachers um, you know t teachers who understand the long-range application of um, of their subject matter, I think, are actually um, better leaders for the, the youth. Yes, yeah. for the for the young students, even at, at the elementary age, because they have a wider aperture for what do we use all of this stuff for. Yeah. Um, and so I I think that the um, the the scaffolding that is created by you those know, teachers. Yes, yeah. is much more effective if you have uh, teachers who are subject matter experts and understand the field, you know, uh, from from which they are they're teaching. Um, but at the same time, um, knowing how minds work, how learning happens, understanding how to differenti differentiate um, learning, assessment, um, how to control a class, you know. Uh, how to create assessments. I mean, yes. that's, I thought it was a really simple thing to do until I took <laughs> the class on creating assessments. Mm -hmm. And and then when you think about, you know, um, uh, Bloom's and mm -hmm. where, and, and mm -hmm. how do you, you definitely don't want to write a test that's all basic level right. but you also don't want to write all of the test on the higher the you right. know nothing but the right. higher levels right. how do you mix that mm -hmm. and until i was given the assignment to just write one question from each level mm -hmm. on mm -hmm. a certain subject it wasn't until then that i realized just how difficult it was mm -hmm. to come up with you know a true false question a short answer question mm -hmm. but from each of those different levels about the subject then you realize just how difficult it is. Mm -hmm. And think about it. You might be the, the greatest you know, mathematician there is. Right. 
But if you've never learned right. about Bloom's taxonomy, right. then how would you know how to write those different levels? Right. right. You know, right. to write an right. assessment. Right. Because you don't um, really understand the mind of the learner. And even more, if you get into the psychology behind uh, creating a good instrument, you know, to yes. measure, uh, you know, student knowledge. You, you then get into some of the areas of test anxiety and, and learning that you, you start the test with, with questions that the students are most likely going to be able to answer because you're trying to relax their minds so that their minds don't lock up and they suffer a text, test anxiety and they're actually not able to deliver what they really do know. And so even small things like that in the psychology behind yeah. how to lay a test out, um, you know, you have to learn those kinds of things, and that's not Other, intuitive. Otherwise, you know? no matter how smart you are <laughs> yes, in, yes. in a given subject, yes. you're not writing a, a test or creating an assessment mm -hmm. that is an accurate representation of what the students know. Exactly. So you just spent two weeks on a unit mm -hmm. teaching them everything, and maybe they even learned most or all of it, right. but because you didn't know how to write the test because you don't have any training in that, right. you write an assessment that ends up looking like your students didn't learn anything. Right, exactly. To, to your frustration and, and uh, you know, to the students' frustration. And, of course, when you consider harm done, you know, where's yeah. the greater harm in the frustrated teacher or the frustrated student? It is absolutely in the frustrated student. So I, I really am uh, an advocate of a, a good blending of, of both, um, both the, the, like you said, the theoretical um, aspects of teaching, um, the, even the practical aspects of teaching, but where we're talking about uh, methodologies, we're talking about approach, we're talking about philosophy of teaching, and yeah. you know, all of that, all of that uh, participates in a uh, well-rounded, um, healthy, and effective teacher. I think. And for me, the big thing when I was reading this article is they're they're looking at almost it's almost as if they were asking what is an acceptable means mm -hmm. of producing a teacher mm -hmm. when I think if you ask most parents or even I can say because my kids are done with school now but as a taxpayer if my taxpayer dollars are going to go to pay a teacher do I want an okay teacher right or do I want the best teacher that right. we can get right right and to right. me that kind of I think that that hands down there's really no question that that a teacher with the background in what you get in a teacher pre in a you know whether it's a one year or a post back program or mm -hmm. something like that mm -hmm. teacher prep program mm -hmm. is certainly better than one of the alternative certification routes or most of the alternative right, certification right right it's routes. like do you want do you want quantity or do you want quality and and for in the interest of the student and the interest of the greater community because that student again that student comes out of that process and becomes part of our community. Um, do you want do you want quantity? How like your your uh, quote? How you know how fast can we get them pumped out? Or do you want quality? Yeah, do in you an want educator? a good teacher? Yes, and so I agree with you. I would fall on the side of, of quality for sure. So the in I think it was the second article that we're reading about this, but um, in that study done in Houston, the alternative certification teachers themselves reported feeling less prepared mm -hmm. um, and the research researchers found pretty strong evidence that the students performed worse with those alternatively certified teachers mm -hmm. and that just makes me go back to that question you know why is after all of this time 
why is it still an option? Mm -hmm. And we, I can only speak to Texas. I don't know what different states do. Mm -hmm. But in Texas, you can still get alternative certification. Mm -hmm. And I know that individual schools, if they demonstrate a need to fill a position, right. um, then there are even shorter routes where they can get a teacher into that mm -hmm. uh, position into the classroom, mm -hmm. and then they have to do the full emergency certification, right. whatever it is. Right. But it still comes out to why are we still allowing schools and districts to fill positions that way? Mm -hmm. This teacher shortage is not new. Right. Why haven't we gone beyond that Band-Aid fix mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. how do we get mm -hmm. better teachers mm -hmm. in there the right way. Yeah, and I'll say I have even been a victim, and I'm going to call myself a victim of that kind of chaos, where the student, the the school, you know, comes up short for their staffing for that school year, and um, I I have taught. I mean, foreign language education is what I was um, shaped to do, you know, via my my teacher preparation program. But um, I was in electrical engineering for three years, and so the, the, the amount of math that I had means that um, I have the credit hours in math, math, right. So if they need to fill a math slot, which math teachers, that, that's been a, a, a part of the, the shortage, yeah. you know, um, nationally is the shortage, shortage for math and, and science teachers, um, I ended up being that plug-in, you know, uh, on a, a, an emergency basis. And then there was one year that I actually was asked to teach English. Um, <laughs> and I thought, well, that's the wrong language. <laughs> but, but the thing that saved my neck, honestly, I believe, is that I am a teacher. I have been taught to teach. So, it, you know, th there's almost nothing that I can't teach because I understand how to teach I understand the learner from there it's just me having to scramble you know to, to get, get the, the content, content. yeah um, but I would not wish that on anybody because the amount of work and for me because I love students and my my passion is for those students and I don't want to be the one to cause the students to come up short so the amount of work that I have had to do in the background to make sure that I can be an effective teacher in the content yeah. You know, I, I really would not wish that on anybody. And I agree with you. They need to clean that up because to put a teacher through that. And, it, it, you know, of course, you're playing Russian roulette because you don't know whether that teacher is going to be up to the task properly. And you definitely know that that teacher even being, you know, um, a wonderful self-starter and, and self-learner and, you know, worried about the kids and so going to do the best job they can to pull that content in so that they can turn it around to the students, you're still getting somebody who's not a subject matter expert. And so there's no way that even in my best efforts, I gave my students what my students could have had had they had, a had, different they had somebody yeah. who completely understands the field. Right. Because I think one of the... Uh one of the errors in logic behind this alternative certification, especially when it comes to things like the CTE areas is one of them. Mm -hmm. If you have been in that field mm -hmm. and you have a degree in that field mm -hmm. with nothing else, mm -hmm. you can step into one of those positions and then you get a certain amount of time to finish while you're in that teaching position mm -hmm. to finish that emergency certification or right, whatever it is. Right, right. And I think one of the errors in logic is that just because you know how to do 
a field, mm -hmm. how to how to perform in that field, mm -hmm. that you know that you automatically know how to teach somebody right. how to perform in that field. Right. Or even worse, that we're 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 assuming that you know how to teach somebody all that goes into that field. And that's what I that's what I'm getting into is that I I, I might be able to um, you know, put my finger in the dike and, you know, it'll seem like everything's okay, but do I really know as that teacher who has been now emergency certified because, you know, they're short, do I really know all that I could know? Yeah. Um, you know, and see, I have product an, an anecdotal bit of evidence. I was a nurse for 20 years or so, oh, wow. and I knew plenty of doctors who were great doctors, mm -hmm. but when it came time for them to sit across the desk from a patient and explain the disease process, they couldn't do it. Yeah, yeah. Or when it came to time to explain how they were going to perform a procedure, they understood it. Right. But, but they, they couldn't, couldn't explain it. it. Yeah. They couldn't explain it to mm -hmm. the mechanic mm -hmm. that they were trying to treat. Right. And you know, if you can't explain even that one small part, mm -hmm. that doesn't mean you're not a good doctor. Right. But to me, what it means is that you can't teach people things. Right, right. And it just, to me, goes back to that. Just because you are a subject matter expert, you can perform mm -hmm. that job. Right. That doesn't necessarily mean you that know. you can disseminate the Yes, that yeah, you can the, teach the somebody else how yeah. to do that right. job. I agree. Um, that's what really, for me, that's why I think it, these things need to be an emergency thing. Mm -hmm. And there needs to, for each individual that's gotten one of these emergency certifications, there should be a requirement for them to go on and change how they uh, change their certification so that they are mm -hmm. completely certified, so that they get the education and the ed site uh, training right. and all of that right. kind of stuff right. Right. so right. that they have that well-rounded uh, knowledge about how to teach. Right, right. What about, what do you think, I was just thinking as you were talking, that uh, te teachers who are actually um, in, in the pipeline for certification, you know, when you, when you look at the transcript, you can see that the teacher has a major in this area and possibly a minor in that area. There's, there's some sub-specialty area that they're, they're coming through their college preparation with um, as, as part of the, an, an overall um, certification process. It, do you think that it would be feasible to, instead of looking at a, a teacher candidate just through the lens of the, 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 the major to, to, to kind of look holistically at the transcript and say, okay, you know, you want, to, um, you want this to be your concentration area because this is your major, we're also going to um, uh, put you through training in your minor area so that when the teacher is already certified and actually in the field and that kind of thing comes up where and, and it's going to come up you you have staffing issues sometimes instead of pulling a teacher who has a minor in an area hasn't thought about that area and in, in, you know god knows how long um, that they're actually already prepared to teach it yeah. Should they need to teach it? That makes a lot more sense. As opposed to just leaving it to chance. Um, I don't know. Just side thought. Okay. Uh, we will be back after a short break to talk more about issues in teacher education reform. Okay. You are back with Derek Forrest and Stacy Johnson. 
um, with some more discussion about teacher preparation program. Okay, so um, just recapping uh, what we were, were discussing, um, it's interesting that there, my article was a, another article uh, by Darling Hammond. Um, this one is Darling Hammond et al. Uh, there were several um, uh, scholars on this particular research project. Um, it comes from the research article, uh, Does Teacher Preparation Matter? Evidence about Teacher Certification, Teach for America, and Teacher Effectiveness. Um, the argument that we have been discussing, uh, there are two quotes that are, are uh, of interest. Teacher effectiveness may be as much a function of general academic ability or strong subject matter knowledge as it is related to any specialized training in how to teach. And of course, we, we kind of touched on that in our personal experience and what we think based on our personal experience. But um, it goes on to, uh, to say Teach for America core members are an admittedly select group of college graduates called from the finest universities and often performing near the top of their classes. It's possible that traditional certification programs and pedagogical training are less necessary for them than they are for the typical teacher. Um, and, and so this, this plays into to the discussion that we were having then about um, you know, the, the necessity of the actual education pedagogical, methodological um, part of, of the teacher preparation program and, and whether that's necessary, and you and I both agree that it that is, it is. Yes. <laughs> and that it doesn't matter, as was your analogy with the doctor, it does not matter um, how smart you are, your intelligence is not the issue, your it's knowledge and skills yes, and, and ability to do that. Right. And when I read that quote, it still reminds me, they still ask the or they phrase it as um, that pedagogical training might be less necessary. Yes. But they can't go as far as saying not necessary. No, that's because that would be that would be a terrible overstatement, I think. Yes. Um, and again, but another way to look at that is so are you saying then that the only way the only people that we should allow to do alternative certification are, are yes, Ivy Leaguers from the top it. 10% of their classes that's because it. I'm sure we'll have a bunch of them beating down their doors <laughs> our doors to get a to teaching job in Texas exactly yeah. exactly and then you know even though <laughs> even though they say less likely to need it I still kind of I still looked at yeah, this as the snottiest <laughs> And, it go, and to me, it goes back to that idea of do you want an okay teacher for your student or everybody's students, or do you want the absolute best teacher that you can get in there? Yes, absolutely. So uh, they, they did um, continue with their findings as they, they explored this idea. Uh, let's take a look at uh, teachers who have come through a, a full teacher certification program. Let's look at emergency certification programs to include Teach for America, and, and let's see what the outcomes are. Um, longevity of the teacher in the classroom, effectiveness based on how the, the student outcomes looked. Um, so they explored this, and in their findings, they said, we found that relative to teachers with standard certification, uncertified teachers and those in most other non-standard certification categories generally had negative effects on student achievement after controlling for student characteristics and prior achievement, as well as teacher experience and degrees. 
uncertified teachers showed significant negative effects across five of the six tests. Although some have suggested that perhaps bright college graduates, like those who join Teach for America, may not require professional preparation for teaching, we found no instance where uncertified Teach for America teachers performed as well as standard certified teachers of comparable experience levels teaching in similar settings. So how do we respond to the, the findings? Uh, well, to me, it, it's obviously I, I came into this with my own opinions, and I feel like it confirmed the opinion that I had ahead of time. And, you know, I read through the study pretty carefully, at least, you know, what I could, I, I looked at all the tables and all of that kind of stuff. And to me, it seemed like they had a pretty good uh, methodology for how they were looking at uh, the student growth mm -hmm. and the effectiveness of teachers. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, it was a standard test that all of the students had were used to taking. Right. They had been taking it for a while. Right. That's how they uh, accounted for growth from the previous year right, right. and that kind of thing. And to me, it just looks like they're saying that if you take teachers of comparable experience, number of years teaching, mm -hmm. and compare an emergency certified or an uncertified, right to a standard certification teacher, mm -hmm. not only does the standard certification teacher do more for them, but I mean, they said it right there, the uncertified and emergency certified teachers were actually hurting the students. Right, exactly. How do you, can, how do you justify, from any perspective, um, how do you justify continuing a program that, that says harming it's harming the students? Exactly. Maybe, maybe it's just a, a, a matter of, a crappy teacher is better than no teacher, and so having <laughs> and having a, <laughs> a, an emergency certified or an uncertified teacher mm -hmm. in there is better than nothing. Mm -hmm. But maybe if the standard was you can't do that, you have to have a standard certified teacher. Maybe if that were the case, and then if we couldn't fill those positions, mm -hmm. then what would happen from my economist perspective? It would be that the market would have to take over, and and if schools had to fill those positions, the only way you can get more people standard certified is to provide the incentive for them to do that. Right, right, right. Yeah, and then that that creates a whole other conversation. Yes, that uh, I'm, I'm, I am not trying to <laughs> we'll imply talk about that, that, day. that. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's a simple, easy thing to do yeah, or anything. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, when you see a, a study like this that says they created negative improvement mm -hmm. in the kids mm -hmm. or the kids went backwards mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. for the simple-minded, you know, who's at home, right? right? That's what they're saying. Kids lost right. ground. Right. To me, that's a, that's a tough pill to swallow. What do you yeah. say to those kids, to their parents? Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. how, how do how we... How do you recover? And that's, yes. you know, you, to your, your comment, I, I, you know, do we want a, a bad teacher in there? or do we, I, I would rather take the 30 kids who would be in the classroom of an ineffective teacher and create a class of 60 with a very effective yeah. teacher who's, or you know, split them across not going to enjoy good that. Teachers. Right, yeah. exactly, exactly. Then to have the student uh, lose a year of yeah, because that's their what you education do. exactly, and you cannot recover that, or at least you can't recover it easily. And I, I would dare say that you can't recover it at all. So pedagogy matters. Uh, 
uh, child psychology matters. All of those those uh, those teacher preparation classes they do matter. The subject the subject area expertise matters too, but that needs to yeah, be and well that's, woven into. Yeah, that's I, that's I our don't. Conclusion. I'm not trying to say that the the content uh, matter doesn't doesn't matter right. because right. Neither one of us yeah you that. you have to you have to obviously understand mm -hmm. the subject that you're mm -hmm. teaching mm -hmm. um, but yeah I think without a doubt you have to have mm -hmm. the background in all of those things all of the teacher prep stuff or the the education part of the teacher right. prep stuff right agreed so as you know here as a regular listener to uh, this podcast um, we don't just talk about uh, these things we want to um, help you the listeners become more involved and help change this problem so what can we as teachers uh, and teacher educators do to improve the teacher education requirements mm -hmm. so like uh, first I think one of the big things is as we all know teaching is a political thing it, yes. it, it it's completely interwoven with politics Politicians and policymakers set the standards, right. not just for you know what can go on in a classroom, what the teacher certifications are, mm -hmm. but they also help set the standards for what teacher prep yes uh, programs, uh, programs are going, are going what, to look what like. They, yeah, mm -hmm. what do they look like? What mm -hmm. are the classes that you have to have? Mm -hmm. How many classes do you have to have? Mm -hmm. um, and I think that as teachers, we have to, like in so many aspects of teaching, we have to become involved politically. Mm -hmm. If you don't or I would say you have to recognize where those decisions get made mm -hmm. and then focus some energy on mm -hmm. that. And that might mean for the field. Yeah, that mm -hmm. might mean writing your congressman. It might mean going up to Austin and, and talking to them, mm -hmm. um, finding a, a political organization, whether it's uh, ATPE or whatever it might be, mm -hmm. to uh, join and gain their support, get involved do something to try and change mm -hmm. the rules for who can be a teacher mm -hmm. if we think teaching matters in mm -hmm. this country yep. then i mean the teacher is really where the rubber meets the road right. and we have to fight for ourselves yeah we have to fight for getting the best teachers that we can mm -hmm. into the classrooms mm -hmm. yeah i agree i agree also you know as teacher ed educators it's important to assess the gaps between what teacher candidates uh, leave their preparation programs with and their real-time needs as um, certified teachers in their classrooms um, to not use the lived experiences of classroom teachers who are out there who are doing the job and they know whether they have what they need or not um, that needs to that needs to help to inform our decisions in, in how we reform teacher education programs. So to not use those lived experiences is to basically turn a, a blind eye um, to uh, real effective progress. And, and ultimately, it's to harm the students, as we keep talking about. And, and, um, and that's not, that's what, we not what we want to do. Mm -hmm. Well, thanks for talking with me, Stacy, sure, and thank you. thank you for listening. Okay, you are back with Derek Forrest and Stacy Johnson um, with some more discussion about teacher preparation program. Okay, so um, just recapping uh, what we were, were discussing, 
Um, it's interesting that there, my article was a, another article uh, by Darling Hammond. Um, this one is Darling Hammond et al. Uh, there were several um, uh, scholars on this particular research project. Um, it comes from the research article, Does Teacher Preparation Matter? Evidence about teacher certification, Teach for America, and teacher effectiveness. Um, the argument that we have been discussing, uh, there are two quotes that are, are uh, of interest. Teacher effectiveness may be as much a function of general academic ability or strong subject matter knowledge as it is related to any specialized training in how to teach. And of course, we, we kind of touched on that in our personal experience and what we think based on our personal experience. But um, it goes on to, uh, to say, Teach for America core members are an admittedly select group of college graduates called from the finest universities and often performing near the top of their classes. It's possible that traditional certification programs and pedagogical training are less necessary for them than they are for the typical teacher. Um, and, and so this, this plays into to the discussion that we were having then about um, you know, the, the necessity of the actual education pedagogical, methodological um, part of, of the teacher preparation program and, and whether that's necessary. And you and I both agree that it that is. It is. Yeah. <laughs> and that it doesn't matter, as was your analogy with the doctor. It does not matter um, how smart you are. Your intelligence is not the issue. Your it's practice, knowledge and skills yes, and, here, and ability to do that. Right. And when I read that quote, it still reminds me, they still ask the question, they phrase it as um, that pedagogical training might be less necessary. Yes. But they can't go as far as saying not necessary. No, oh, that's Because that would, be, that would be a terrible overstatement, I think. Yes. Um, and again, but another way to look at that is, so are you saying then that the only way, the only people that we should allow to do alternative certification are, are yes, Ivy Leaguers from the top 10% of their classes? That's because it. I'm sure we'll have a bunch of them beating down their doors, <laughs> our doors to get a to teaching job in Texas. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And then, you know, even though, <laughs> even though they say less likely to need it, I still kind of, I still looked at yeah, this as the snottiest <laughs> And, it go, and to me, it goes back to that idea of do you want an okay teacher for your student or everybody's students, or do you want the absolute best teacher that you can get in there? Yes, absolutely. So uh, they, they did um, continue with their findings as they, they explored this idea. Uh, let's take a look at uh, teachers who have come through a, a full teacher certification program. Let's look at emergency certification programs to include Teach for America, and, and let's see what the outcomes are. Um, longevity of the teacher in the classroom, effectiveness based on how the, the student outcomes looked. Um, so they explored this, and in their findings, they said, we found that relative to teachers with standard certification, uncertified teachers and those in most other non-standard certification categories generally had negative effects on student achievement after controlling for student characteristics and prior achievement, as well as teacher experience and degrees. Uncertified teachers showed significant negative effects across five of the six tests. 
although some have suggested that perhaps bright college graduates, like those who join Teach for America, may not require professional preparation for teaching, we found no instance where uncertified Teach for America teachers performed as well as standard certified teachers of comparable experience levels teaching in similar settings. So how do we respond to the, the findings? Uh, well, to me, it, it's obviously I, I came into this with my own opinions and I feel like it confirmed the opinion that I had ahead of time. And, you know, I read through the study pretty carefully, at least, you know, what I could, I, I looked at all the tables and all of that kind of stuff. And to me, it seemed like they had a pretty good uh, methodology for how they were looking at uh, the student growth mm -hmm. and the effectiveness of teachers. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, it was a standard test that all of the students had were used to taking. Right. They had been taking it for a while. Right. That's how they uh, accounted for growth from the previous year right, right. and that kind of thing. And to me, it just looks like they're saying that if you take teachers of comparable experience, number of years teaching, mm -hmm. and compare an emergency certified or an uncertified right. to a standard certification teacher, mm -hmm. not only does the standard certification teacher do more for them, but I mean, they said it right there, the uncertified and emergency certified teachers were actually hurting the students. Right, exactly. How do you, con how do you justify from any perspective, um, how do you justify continuing a program that that says harming it's harming the students? Exactly. Maybe maybe it's just a, a a matter of a crappy teacher is better than no teacher, and so having <laughs> and having a, <laughs> a, an emergency certified or an uncertified teacher mm -hmm. in there is better than nothing. Mm -hmm. But maybe if the standard was you can't do that, you have to have a standard certified teacher. Maybe if that were the case, and then if we couldn't fill those positions, mm -hmm. then what would happen from my economist perspective, it would be that the market would have to take over. And, and if schools had to fill those positions, the only way you can get more people standard certified is to provide the incentive for them to do that. Right, right, right. Yeah, and then that... that creates a whole nother conversation. Yes, that uh, I'm, 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 I'm not trying to <laughs> we'll imply talk about that, another that, day. That, yeah, <laughs> that that's a simple, easy thing to do yeah, or anything. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I mean, when you see a, a study like this that says they created negative improvement mm -hmm, in the kids mm -hmm, or the mm -hmm. kids went backwards mm -hmm, mm -hmm. for the simple minded, you know, who's at home, right? right. That's what they're saying. <laughs> kids lost right. ground. Right. To me, that's a that's a tough pill to swallow. What do you yeah. say to those kids, to their parents? Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. how how do how we? How do you recover? And that's yes. you know, you, to your your comment, I, I you know, do we want a, a bad teacher in there, or do we? I I would rather take the thirty kids who would be in the classroom of an ineffective teacher and create a class of sixty with a very effective yeah. teacher who's or you split know, them across two or three good that. teachers. Right, yeah. exactly, exactly. Then to have the student uh, lose a year. Of yeah, because that's their what you education do. exactly, and you cannot recover that, or at least you can't recover it easily. And I, I would dare say that you can't recover it at all. So pedagogy matters, uh, uh, child psychology matters. All of those those uh, those teacher preparation classes 
they do matter. The subject the subject area expertise matters too, but that needs yeah, to be and well that's, woven in. Yeah, that's, that's I, I our don't. Conclusion. I'm not trying to say that the the content uh, matter doesn't doesn't matter right. because right. Neither one of us yeah you that. you have to you have to obviously understand mm -hmm. the subject that you're mm -hmm. teaching mm -hmm. um, but yeah I think without a doubt you have to have mm -hmm. the background in all of those things all of the teacher prep stuff or the the education part of the teacher right. prep stuff right agreed so as you know here as a regular listener to uh, this podcast um, we don't just talk about uh, these things we want to um, help you the listeners become more involved and help change this problem so what can we as teachers uh, and teacher educators do to improve the teacher education requirements mm -hmm. so uh, first I think one of the big things is as we all know teaching is a political thing it, yes. it, it it's completely interwoven with politics Politicians and policymakers set the standards, right. not just for you know what can go on in a classroom, what the teacher certifications are, mm -hmm. but they also help set the standards for what teacher prep yes. uh, programs, uh, programs are going, are going what, to look what like. They, yeah, mm -hmm. what do they look like? What mm -hmm. are the classes that you have to have? Mm -hmm. How many classes do you have to have? Mm -hmm. um, and I think that as teachers, we have to, like in so many aspects of teaching, we have to become involved politically. Mm -hmm. If you don't or I would say you have to recognize where those decisions get made mm -hmm. and then focus some energy on that. Mm -hmm. That might mean for the field. Yeah, that mm -hmm. might mean writing your congressman. It might mean going up to Austin and, and talking to them, mm -hmm. um, finding a, a political organization, whether it's uh, ATPE or whatever it might be, mm -hmm. to uh, join and gain their support, get involved do something to try and change mm -hmm. the rules for who can be a teacher mm -hmm. if we think teaching matters mm -hmm. in this country yep. then i mean the teacher is really where the rubber meets the road right. and we have to fight for ourselves yeah we have to fight for getting the best teachers that we can mm -hmm. into the classrooms mm -hmm. yeah i agree i agree also you know as teacher ed educators it's important to assess the gaps between what teacher candidates uh, leave their preparation programs with and their real-time needs as um, certified teachers in their classrooms um, to not use the lived experiences of classroom teachers who are out there who are doing the job and they know whether they have what they need or not um, that needs to that needs to help to inform our decisions in, in how we reform teacher education programs. So to not use those lived experiences is to basically turn a, a blind eye um, to a real effective progress. And, and ultimately, it's to harm the students, as we keep talking about. And, and, um, and that's not, that's what, we not what we want to do. Mm -hmm. Well, thanks for talking with me, Stacy, yeah, and thank you. thank you for listening.